Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. My guest today is Dr. Arun Jose, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Pulmonary Critical Care and Sleep Medicine at the University of Cincinnati. Dr. Jose and his colleagues recently conducted a study in which they developed a 31-state Markov decision model to explore the outcomes of anticoagulation therapy with vitamin K agonists among patients with pulmonary arterial hypertension, or PAH. Dr. Joes joins us today to discuss the findings of his team's study, as well as discuss his other research in this area. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Joes. To start, can you tell us more about your study and its findings? You're welcome. Sure. So, there have been two relatively large registry studies trying to assess what is the benefit or harm of performing systemic anticoagulation on patients with pulmonary arterial hypertension. Those are the compare and reveal registries. And the tricky thing is they found kind of disparate conclusions. The compare study noted that there was a significant benefit in anticoagulating idiopathic pulmonary arterial hypertension patients, and there didn't appear to be any harm in connective tissue disease-associated pulmonary arterial hypertension. But the REVEAL study found that there was no significant benefit to idiopathic PH patients, and that they did find a significant harm in connective tissue disease-associated PH. So with that in mind, it wasn't really clear whether or not we should be anticoagulating pulmonary arterial hypertension patients and which kinds of pulmonary arterial hypertension would benefit from anticoagulation. The most recent guidelines on uh, treatment of pulmonary arterial hypertension suggest that they should uh, avoid systemic anticoagulation in connective tissue disease-associated pH, and um, it can be considered in selective idiopathic pH patients, uh, as it may offer some benefit, but it didn't really specify who and what kind of benefit that would be. So with that kind of confusion around the decision to anticoagulate, we decided to study it from a decision analytic perspective using a Markov model. And Markov models are a tool that you can use to sort of assess what the impact of a certain decision would be. So essentially what they do in a sort of simplified manner is you take a hypothetical cohort of patients and you follow them over the course of their hypothetical life. And as they go through this course, they experience different states of disease or wellness, and those are associated with adjustments in their quality of life. So if they start out all well and they have a good quality of life, as they progress through their lifetime and experience complications like a pulmonary embolism or developing atrial fibrillation or being hospitalized, they will experience decrements to their quality of life. And some of these states are sort of transient. For example, you can have a hospitalization and your quality of life will decrease while you're hospitalized, but after the hospitalization and you're back home, presumably your quality of life will return to close to what it was before you were hospitalized. Other states are a little bit more permanent. For example, if you uh, get hospitalized and you require an invasive procedure let's say, to put in a pacemaker, then that's somewhat of a permanent change to your quality of life. And uh, eventually, these hypothetical patients all eventually progress to the end of their lifespan. And so once they reach the end of their lifespan and are deceased, their quality of life is zero. So Markov modeling is a way to sort of 
take this hypothetical cohort, follow them through their expected lifespan, and adjust their life duration for the quality of life and study the decision of whether or not something like anticoagulation would be beneficial, not just from a duration of life standpoint, but also from a quality of life standpoint. The modeling approach that we use takes into account that um, people are anticoagulated and we presume that they remain within the therapeutic range of their um, vitamin K antagonist anticoagulation therapy. Um, so we did not necessarily directly incorporate if people would have different doses or would exceed or be under uh, anticoagulated. Uh, we did incorporate the sort of documented risks of um, severe and life-threatening bleeding that are known to be associated with vitamin K antagonist therapy and also the protection from thromboembolic complications, but there's not a specific dose. It's just whatever dose they would need to be um, therapeutically anticoagulated. So let's talk a little bit more about your findings. How did anticoagulation therapy affect quality of life scores among patients with PAH? So what we found was that um, systemic anticoagulation was um, detrimental to the quality of life for patients with connective tissue disease-associated PAH, uh, which is not surprising given that no study found benefit, and one of the two registries studies found harm. What we did observe, however, was that systemic anticoagulation was beneficial in the quality-adjusted life for idiopathic pH patients and could provide an improvement in quality-adjusted life of up to half a year. This is not insubstantial given that the overall three-year survival for idiopathic pH patients in the modern treatment era is around 70%, and an additional half a year of quality of life may have a significant impact and be quite meaningful to these patients. Mm -hmm, absolutely. You mentioned that you weren't surprised to find that anticoagulants weren't beneficial in some populations with PAH. Did any of your other findings surprise you? So we were surprised to see that that was such a significant improvement in the quality adjusted life for idiopathic PAH patients, mostly because after the publication of these two registry studies, the field as a whole has shifted away from providing systemic anticoagulation as a, as a disease-modifying therapy in pulmonary arterial hypertension. I think the last couple of years, the most recent registry data suggests that the minority of patients with idiopathic pH receive systemic anticoagulation therapy as part of their treatment. And so we were surprised to know that systemic anticoagulation could provide such a benefit to quality-adjusted life years, and then that would raise the question of maybe we should be doing it in more people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right. So taking all of these findings together, um, what is the clinical takeaway for practitioners out there? So I would say that the takeaways are uh, threefold. Number one, we confirm that systemic anticoagulation in connective tissue disease-associated pH patients is likely to be harmful and probably should be avoided. Number two, in certain idiopathic pH patients, systemic anticoagulation therapy may offer a benefit to quality-adjusted life years and should be considered as an augment to their currently existing therapy. And number three, so based on the modeling we did and these sort of um, effect sizes for anticoagulation, we determined that systemic anticoagulation would need to demonstrate uh, benefit to the hazard ratio for 
mortality of 0.95 or better in PH patients to be considered beneficial. And so that provides sort of a, a benchmark to test different anticoagulation strategies, which might have different benefit and harm ratios. For example, in this decision analytic model, we studied primarily warfarin vitamin K antagonists because those were the medications studied in the Reveal and Compare registries. But newer anticoagulation agents, such as direct inhibitors, have different risks of bleeding and also uh, improved ease of use that would change these sorts of um, results regarding the benefit that idiopathic pH patients could experience in terms of quality of life. Mm-hmm. So then what is your next step in this research? So the next steps for this research would be primarily to use this information to uh, potentially develop more tailored decision analytic models uh, to be used at the bedside. Uh, The current model is developed based on a combination of using literature for rates of adverse events such as uh, thromboembolic complications or bleeding that would occur with systemic anticoagulation, as well as um, estimates from the literature of the sort of impact of quality of life that those events would have. However, each patient at the bedside is different, and they weight those sorts of complications differently. Some people might consider something like a stroke or a pulmonary embolism to be quite bad and markedly affect their quality of life. Other people might think less so. And those sorts of um, individual uh, assessments of how severe certain complications are to quality of life would directly affect the potential benefit on quality-adjusted life they might experience with systemic anticoagulation. So sort of taking this information and generating a tool that can be used at the bedside to provide an individual assessment for a given patient of what kind of benefit they might expect in terms of quality-adjusted life for systemic anticoagulation would be the next logical step. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and we'll be on the lookout for that research, definitely. Thank you very much again for speaking with me today. No, no my pleasure.